You are listening to Popaganda, the feminism and pop culture podcast. Today, we're talking about history, specifically how history changes depending on who's writing it. When people think about history, usually the image that comes to mind is a big, dusty, heavy book. But there are lots of ways to document and describe history, like in a song. In the 1920s and 30s, musician Bessie Smith told her own history in song, pouring her thoughts and feelings and experiences into the blues. Her voice has endured and resonates through time. What once was heard only on precious vinyl can now be played and replayed on YouTube around the world. Writer Jessica Machado explores Bessie Smith's history in an article she wrote for Bitch's Blue Issue in 2015, It's called Got the World in a Jug, The Legacy of the Blues Woman Transcends Genre. All brazen women in popular music, it could be argued, owe a debt to Bessie Smith. The no-nonsense, deep-voiced singer, nicknamed the Empress of the Blues, made more money than any other black performer of her time, recording 160 songs between 1923 and 1931, many about sexual desire, abusive relationships, and other everyday interpersonal issues affecting black women in the post-Civil War South. She managed her own career, and her troops, in a record industry made up of predominantly male executives. She was a baller instigating Bacnelian trysts with both men and women, and she was a brawler. Once, a man made a drunken advance at one of her singers, and she punched him in the face. When that same guy later stabbed her, she ran after him, a knife in her stomach, only to be back on stage performing the next afternoon. But the frosting on Smith's take-no-shit cake? The time she single-handedly confronted a group of Klansmen, who had surrounded her tent after a South Carolina show, yelling at them, what the fuck you think you doing? And running them off into the night, white sheets tucked between their legs. But bigger and better than any of Smith's individual actions were the cumulative effects of her fearlessness, drive, and talent would have on the musical landscape for women, especially black women. The classic 12-bar sound of elation through anguish grew out of slave chants, chain gang hollers, and gospel hymns, all African traditions of seeking light during the hardest times. She and her mentor, Ma Rainey, a flamboyant performer who could give the empress a run for her fierceness, proved that women singers were no longer relegated to church or the private sphere, nor did they have to be light-skinned or doe-eyed to attract attention. Smith commanded a room with the power of her voice, her charisma, and her satirical, subversive takes on gender roles and heteronormative relationships. Of course, it didn't hurt that she could put the fear of God into anyone who crossed it. In many ways, Smith and classic female blues-era cohorts like Rainey, Mammy Smith, and Ida Cox shaped the sound and attitudes that would go on to dominate rock and roll. Janis Joplin named Bessie Smith as one of her greatest influences, even paying for her headstone. Country star Lucinda Williams once said she was drawn to writing the modern day blues song in the vein of Bessie Smith. I 
at the heart of every traditional blues song is a call and response. Whether it's between a singer and a screeching guitar, or a singer and the hip-swaying moan of an audience. It's a release for both parties, a way for the testifier and the testified to feel good about feeling bad. In the decades after emancipation, Bessie Smith called out to her community, black working-class women in the South, singing about one of the few true freedoms they had, autonomy over their own bodies and their sexuality. Smith didn't sugarcoat women's sexual appetites, groaning and elongating just the right notes on straightforward tracks like You Gotta Give Me Some and Empty Bed Blues. Nor did she romanticize marriage or needing a man, messages that wouldn't be echoed in mainstream culture for generations, singing in young women's blues, no time to marry, no time to settle down. I'm a young woman and I ain't done messing around. But the greatest recurring theme in her music was domestic abuse creating a public discourse about how women should be treated and offering an opposing take to the freewheeling bluesman who, in the words of Robert Johnson, was going to beat my woman until I get satisfied. In It Won't Be You, Smith, also a comedian and actress, jokes about having left her abusive ex, telling him that even if her next lover beats me and breaks my heart, it won't be you. If he beats me and breaks my heart, it won't be you. But society's shifting gender roles left blues women like Smith in the dust when the Great Depression hit and brought the Roaring Twenties to a halt. Record sales plummeted and vaudeville theaters closed. Plus, the more refined sounds of swing and jazz replaced Smith's brand of deep, guttural blues. For a black female performer, a showbiz career had to be made on Broadway or in Hollywood. That is, if you were light-skinned. If you were not, like Smith, then you were asked to kowtow to white producers, revamp your sound, and perform sappy standards like smoke it's in your eyes, while wearing conservative ball gowns instead of fringe and sassy headdresses. Any voice and power that Smith allotted to working-class black women in their daily lives was suddenly erased as well as job opportunities, no matter how menial, were often lost to white women who had been driven into the workforce. Over the next few decades, the music industry continued to evolve and change, but its dismissal of women persisted. The blues became the sound of a man and his guitar, and men dominated everything the blues helped create, from R&B and doo-wop to folk and rock. The kind of progress that Smith and company ushered in for women musicians would not be felt again until the 1960s, when Etta James, Aretha Franklin, Tina Turner, and Janis Joplin commandeered stages. And even then, much of their early success was mired by men who controlled their careers. Since my man's been gone, I need a little sugar in my bowl. I need a little hot dog on my roll. I can stand a bit of loving oh so bad. I feel so funny. I feel so sad. I need a little steamy on my floor. Maybe I can fix things up so they'll go. What's the matter, hard papa? Come on and save your mama's soul, cause I 
need a little sugar in my bowl. Doggone it, I need some sugar in my bowl. Jessica Machado is the lifestyle editor at The Daily Dot and is a sucker for a good underdog story. You can find her on Twitter at Baggage Claimed. Between 